1: Stop and stop. Coming to you
2: live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, and possibly somebody's backyard, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, When they are embarrassed, they have a royal flush. When they sit on a thumbtack, they have a royal pain in the ass. We're talking about the royal family, and we're talking about them with local royalty and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, the Queen of Los Angeles herself, Pat Morrison on your knees, (laughs) presents. And speaking of flushes, prepare for some harrowing tales of sartorial shame from us and you, our listeners. It's wall-to-wall wardrobe malfunctions, including a pair of exploding pants. Okay, maybe not, but a boy can dream, right? As we explore True Confessions, Fashion Edition. I'm Adam Felber, this podcast, Lord Chancellor, meticulously keeping the royal house in order and gently steering the ship of state through the seas of confusion to the promised shore of rational discourse. And now, please welcome the Duchess of Digression, the Regent of Rambling, Bend a Knee from the Mad Queen herself, it's Paula Poundstone!
3: Yay!
0: So lovely to be here. Hi, Adam. And thanks to tonight's house band returning champion, Ryan Gabronetti from Santa Monica on the organ. Hey, That means I could bump into Ryan Gabronetti anywhere. I could bump into him at the Rite Aid. (laughs) I'm trying to think of the places I go. Or the Vons grocery store. Or the Rite Aid. Or the Vons grocery store. (laughs) Or... The right Aid and the Von's grocery store. Oh, the Von's grocery store. I don't go anywhere. Um, you know what? I I did go. I did go somewhere. I went. Uh, I went out of town to tell my little jokes. Uh, I was in um, Boone, uh, uh, North Carolina, and uh, I and I had a television in my hotel room. I haven't had TV here at home. I have a television, but I don't know how to work it. Uh, and so, yeah, so I watch everything on like, uh, you know, on my, mostly I listen to things on my iPhone. But anyways, they kept playing the same commercial over and over again on this television that they had there. It was the mac and cheese one, the Kraft macaroni and cheese, where the mother is frustrated with her children and the children are frustrated with the mother at their dinner table. There's one where the mom's actually chasing a kid with a fork with a bite of something on it, going, one more bite. You have one more bite. Do you know this commercial? No. And then, you know, this sort of peaceful music starts to play, and it shows someone tearing open a bag of Kraft macaroni and cheese. Like, that's the solution. And this way here, the mother is happy, and the kids are happy. But I can't figure out what's motivating the mother who wants the kid to have one more bite. Is it... For health reasons, because if you're trying to get your kid to eat for health reasons, then substituting Kraft macaroni and cheese is really not the solution. <laughs> I mean, I served my kids Kraft macaroni and cheese, and we and we all ate it happily, but not not thinking that it was a healthy meal. Yeah. It just strikes me as such a strange ad. Yeah. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, you know, uh, for my part, Paula, I just came back from a three-week walkabout all over that uh, that New a York walkabout? area. A walkabout? Were yeah. you in
0: Australia? No, just
2: the New York area. But like you do walkabout. <laughs> okay. Well, New then Airbnb that's too. not a walkabout. It's a
0: walkabout sure it if you're in. A- no, it isn't. No, you had a visit. You visited New York. You I walkabout about. Australia. I
2: walked. I walked about everywhere. About I how far? All of Highland Lake.
0: You walked on a lake. I walked about Jesus.
2: <laughs> I feel like we're having some communication problems. I walked about It's your
0: mother's me. dream come true. Um, all right. Okay, so you were in you so you were on a vacation for three weeks.
2: Is that three correct? Weeks. In Weehawken, Woo. New Jersey, as you know, I recorded from there and Highland Lake, New York, and you know I recorded from there. And now finally I'm back home. I'm not swimming in ponds anymore. I'm not walking about lakes.
0: Yeah. Do you guys remember that episode where Adam sounded kind of distant, like he was underwater? Well, yes. it turns out, turns out he was,
3: yes. he was underwater. <laughs> and we
0: kept saying, Adam, can you adjust your mic? And he said, <laughs> blub, 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 blub. I remember that episode. That was a good one.
2: Well, let's yeah. uh, let's let's move on anyway, because, uh, you know, that that's what I do around here. Let's send it around the horn um, up to the valley. Uh, the Simi Valley, where we we heard her voice a little bit earlier, your manager, our producer, everybody's friend, Captain Crinkle, Bonnie Burns, what's new? It's a a potluck
4: info party!
2: (laughs) Oh, but it isn't, Bonnie. (laughs) I know.
0: (laughs) Boy, apparently that's just been, that song's been stuck in her head. Yeah, I don't know. How's life in the
2: Simi Valley, Bonnie?
0: Well, first I
4: want to say while you guys were talking, I looked up
0: the nutritional value of Kraft macaroni and cheese. I knew she was Googling. I knew wow. it. <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony's away for a little while, and somebody had to take up the
4: Google slack. No, because sometimes, you know, I'll look up like a candy bar, and it's really not that bad compared to something else. Like people think, oh, I'll have a low-fat cookie, but it's really just, you know, the same as a candy bar. It turns out mac and cheese really isn't good for you. There's like no way to rationalize <laughs> That that's an okay meal.
0: What was your first giveaway? Was it was it the was it the half a pound of butter that you cook it with, or was it the orange stuff? No, it's
4: just you know when you look at it and you go, how many calories, how much fat, how much protein, how much sodium. There's just like no way to go. Yeah, compared to whatever yeah. meat, chicken. No, cheese. there's not.
2: You know what? I made some homemade mac and cheese last week by the lakeside. And it's just a disaster from a from a cardiac standpoint. Yeah, it really <laughs> it is. is. Nothing but cream and butter and cheese.
0: Yeah, it is yummy. I mean, there's oh, yeah. no taking away the fact that it's yummy. And you know why it's yummy? Because I love butter. That's why it's yummy.
2: I do the- have to say, after that meal, my my eight year old daughter had the arteries of a ninety year old. Oh.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, she got a little clogged up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that can happen. You got to. Be- yeah. At least she She's- didn't have to have one more bite of something else. One Mom. more bite. And the mom's chasing the kid with a fork. <laughs> yeah. One more bite. Yeah.
2: Hey, Bonnie, uh, w- you-, you interrupted yourself, but you were telling us how you were. Up there.
0: <laughs> yeah,
4: I don't you know, I think I don't have anything to talk about, which really? is unusual. I realize. Yeah. And I kind of sense sometimes now when I'm on the phone with somebody then maybe I talk too much because they're kind of going, okay, yeah, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, one thing that happens to me, and perhaps, Manager Bonnie Burns, you relate to this, which is that I work so much and do chores so much. That my life does not have a lot of variety to share with other people. And the nuances of, you know, the specificity of what it is that I'm working on is just boring as all get out. Uh, and so during the pandemic, I didn't really talk to that many people on the phone because, uh, you know, unless the pets were doing something cute, there were long pauses.
3: Yeah. You know, yeah, That's where yeah. people would
0: say, What was it? What were you saying? Like they'd, okay, all right. Well, OK, you
2: should have gone to New York and had a walkabout. That would give you
0: something to talk <laughs> a about. Walkabout. You don't have a walkabout in New
2: York. I tell you, I did. All right. Hey, oh, you know what? As long as we're talking about people walking about and stuff, um, I got another uh, letter from Tony Nita Hall. Oh, good! Wow. She's going she somewhere. Beautiful She's... gift basket of coffee. If you remember, she somehow escaped that, like I guess, pirate ship and ended up rafting to Panama, where she married this guy, and then he died, and she took over a coffee plantation. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just got a letter from her and a gift basket.
0: <laughs> oh, that's nice!
2: Wow, Bonnie, did again?
0: she did she send you a gift basket? Uh, no, Paula, and I haven't gotten a letter from her.
4: I didn't get one you. either.
0: I, no, well, I haven't, and that's weird because I thought we were friends. Tyler, did you get a gift basket
2: from Tony? Uh,
1: no, I have not heard from her at all.
2: Huh. Wow. Okay. Well, oh, by the way, she did add a note saying, please tell um, Bonnie and Paula that I'm sending you this coffee gift basket because Paula doesn't drink coffee and Bonnie would just ruin it with condensed milk. <laughs> or evaporated <laughs> milk or whatever, powdered milk. Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh yeah. Powdered milk, well, and, Yeah, yeah. Apparently, well, she read a different version of Miss Manners than I did, but okay.
2: Okay. So here it is. And it's a lovely looking postcard of Panama. And it says Hi, guys. The days flit by so fast here since I lost dear Esteban and took over the coffee plantation. My twins, did I tell you he left me with twins? Ah. I can't remember. But little Aurel- Aureliano and Jose Arcadia have grown so fast. They have lives of their own now, and there is little left for the widow Hull to do. Although my sight is not what it was, I can see from up on this mountain that a cruise ship approaches the bay, sparkling in the afternoon sunlight. And so tonight I will drag out the little raft that brought me here, kiss my new grandchildren goodbye, and set out in the golden dawn for that faraway ship, the peculiar mists of Panama rising before my eyes and revealing at last the great truths of the bottomless ocean of existence." Or maybe I'll meet Eddie Lucas from Below Decks. Anyway, miss you all home soon. Love, The Widow Hall.
0: I can't believe Tony writes like that and yet didn't want to read Moby Dick. Uh, because yeah. that, that rivals Melville right there.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah, that yeah. absolutely does. By the way, when Tony when Tony gets back, we're going to choose our next book uh, for our book club Um for those of you who thought we gave up in the book club, we have not.
2: are of people. not. We're going to yeah. do more of that.
0: Yeah. No, you know what? I get the occasional email from people telling me that they read Moby Dick with us or that they didn't, but they enjoyed listening uh, or um, that they're hoping we read another book and that it's
2: not Moby Dick 2. Um. <laughs> there is no Moby Dick 2, is there? Um, there's a I Jaws mean. two, three, four, and I think five, but there's no Moby Dick two. Well,
0: kill, killing the, uh, you know, killing the 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 big monster shark or whale does not end the story. If there's more money in it for the creators, just keep that in mind. Absolutely so, true. And certainly, there's Moby Dick two. Hey, Adam. Uh, yes, I have a <laughs> word.
2: Great minds think alike. What's yeah. your word this week?
0: Encomium. It's a noun that means a speech or piece of writing praising someone or something. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. The crowd cheered at the encomium for their candidate. Here, I'll use it in a family setting. How was school today, hon? I hope you didn't wear your hair like that. Mom, it's July. I wasn't in school today. I did look up a new word, though. It's encomium. It means a speech or piece of writing praising someone or something. You might want to run an encomium through that hair. Now, could you pass your old man some mac and cheese? Uh, I think we should put that... That word should go right straight into...
2: The vocabulary song, yes.
0: That's the one.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's the stuff
0: this week's word is encomium it's a noun that means a speech or piece of writing praising someone or something in conclusion I would like to reiterate no one in the entire world has ever made such a fine vegan buffalo wing last week's word was risible it's an adjective that means causing laughter ridiculous next year I'll be teaching calculus the week before that the word was abjure it's a verb that means swear to give up a belief or a claim come back to earth QAnon's pretty lame. Going back before that, the word was pengendrum. It's a noun that means a person who has or claims to have a great deal of authority or influence. Yes, tell us more. You're so powerful, Mr. Mike Pence. And not long ago, we had indolent. It's an adjective that means wanting to avoid activity or exertion. Lazy. People who get up in the morning are crazy. Let's never forget Free, which I pronounced wrong until nobody James Hyder, corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things Hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge Adam doesn't think my song is replicable (laughs) Replicable, replicable But I do, I do, I do, I do De
2: Replica flawless, flawless uh, rendering on the Glock there. Oh, uh, <laughs>
0: you know, anybody would like to take a moment, uh, to uh, make an encomium uh, I just about did. that song? Thank you, Adam. Thank you very much.
2: <laughs> just offered an encomium about that Glock play.
3: Oh,
0: I
2: really appreciate
0: it. That was a heartfelt encomium. Oh, that it
2: was. It was. It was. I was feeling it, I was
0: really feeling it. Adam, Adam, answer the phone.
2: Oh no, really?
0: (laughs) Yeah, answer
2: the phone. Hey, wait, wait, Paula, wait, I have an idea. What if I don't answer the phone?
0: No, answer the the phone, it's ringing, answer the phone.
2: I I could not, okay, okay. Fine, hello?
0: Hey, Adam, I really want to thank you for this chance to be an influencer on your show. I was thinking I'd say something like, hi, it's me, Mike Boom Boom Boniface. You want to be like me, right? Well, I eat three Musketeers bars, and they're really good. They got the FNSI, and that's good. And
2: then they got the chocolate on the cusp. They're good, man. Mike, Mike, (laughs) what's FNSI? And also, second question, follow-up, what do you mean by cusp?
0: FNSI, that's fluffy not stuffy interior, man. What's the matter with you? Oh yeah, okay, okay, that's
2: <laughs> I get it. Okay, well I, I I don't know that everyone will know that.
0: The, the young people will, and I'm really trying to influence the young people. You know, they'll hear me and they'll text their friends, hey man, did you see Mike Boom Boom Bonifet? He eats three Musketeers bars. He likes the FNSI. Shit. <laughs> I really wanna be like him then they'll text back oh man me too m triple b he's the
2: coolest (laughs) yeah i'm sure that's gonna happen uh what's the cusp
0: you know cusp it's the outside
2: yeah but that's not what cusp means cusp means a uh, point of transition between two different states
0: it it also means the outside
2: (laughs) except that it doesn't mike
0: it does man Hey, Adam, are, are you jealous? Is that no. what's wrong? No. <laughs> Come on, man. You can be an influencer, too. When I get to the top, I'm going to reach back down. Hey, man, look, I got to go. I'll talk to you later. OK, bye, Mike. Bye, Adam.
2: Jesus, that guy. I'm sure he's not being paid by three musketeers.
0: Uh, no, I, 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 I well, I have no way of knowing. But I think uh, I, I really think that. Uh, Mike Boom Boom as an influencer is gonna, you know, he's gonna have a lot of followers.
2: I don't think so.
0: Yeah, he's a guy that people can relate
2: to. <laughs> That's true. Everybody, there's one in every town. All right, coming up. Joseph Gordon Levitt once said, "There's no royalty in America." Hey, Adam, so Adam! yes, Adam, <laughs> it's, it's a- oh, I was in the middle of a well crafted joke. <laughs> oh, sorry, Hi, sorry. It's okay. No, I'll get it. Hello.
0: Hello, Adam. It's me, Nan Mumford. <laughs> Just checking in from down Main.
2: Uh, well, it's always good to hear from you, Nan.
0: Well, thank you. I like to hear your voice, too, Adam.
2: Uh, how are things?
0: Well, I can't complain unless I really put my back into it. I've been working on the cusp all day.
2: <laughs> on the what?
0: On the cusp. I'm I'm out in the garden. It's a beautiful day on the cusp. <laughs> Do
2: you mean outside, Nan?
0: That's where they keep the garden. I guess it's different in Valley Village, but here in Maine we keep the garden on the cusp. That's where we grow our cabbage and potatoes and rhubarb and beans. Man, I gotta go, okay? And corn. <laughs> and spinach, and of course, the blueberries. Okay, Adam, I'll talk to you
2: soon, I hope. I'll talk to you soon, I hope. Bye, Nan. That is, uh, Slow she's, and lively as ever, yeah. She's she stays a, busy, though, doesn't she? Yeah, but this cusp stuff is starting to, to rankle me a little. All right, coming up, Joseph Gordon-Levitt <laughs> once said, there's no royalty in America, Adam, so people- Damn it, what? Answer the phone. the phone again? Yeah, answer the phone. Don't you hear it ringing? Answer the phone. (laughs) Now I do. Well, hello. Hello, Adam. (laughs) Hi, Winnie. You know, Adam,
0: I usually keep my feelings on the inside, but today, I can't
2: help it. I just miss you so much. I'm wearing them on the cusp. (laughs) <laughs> Jesus Winnie I'm in the middle of making a podcast And I hate to be insensitive Good Don't be That's, that's what I love about you You are so caring Winnie can, can you call another time So I can get back to work Of course Of course Bye Adam Bye Winnie Why, why does everybody have the same wrong definition of Never mind
0: Adam answer the phone
3: I
2: know, no, god damn it. Hello? Hello, Adam? Winnie, I'm still making the podcast. Can I call you back, which I won't do?
0: Oh, would you, Adam? I would love that. I'll sit right by the phone. I won't even go on the cusp. If my mother answers first, she'll hear your voice. She'll get a restraining order. She hates you.
2: Okay, great. I got to go.
0: Bye, Adam.
2: Bye, Winnie. Oh, on the cusp? You better call her back. You said you're not going to call her back. Don't you break her no, heart. That's no, terrible. That's you know terrible. What, Paula, Joseph Gordon Levitt once said, There's no royalty in America, so people deify actors. To which his date replied, Nope, you're still not coming in. You know, now I don't know if that was worth it. We'll talk to Pat Morrison about real royalty next on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone.
0: Adam, you know I have a house full of cats and a couple of big dogs. So I have this one cat who every night likes to stand in the hallway and yowl. And he has kind of a a little bit like me because uh, of allergies. I don't know why he has it. But his name is Theo, and he has a really gravelly voice. So he'll... It's, it's hard to describe it. I can't do a good impression. Um, but it's a little dusty, gravelly voice. Okay, so earlier I was laying on the living room floor because I'm exhausted, and I'm wearing a nylon fiber-filled vest. As I'm laying on the floor, Theo shoves his head through one sleeve of the vest and crawls up and is now stuck inside in between my back and the vest and is yowling because he can't get out. And then finally, his head comes out the other sleeve and he goes out. What's not to love? That's what I say. (laughs) What is not to love?
2: (laughs) Because vet
0: bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible
2: vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash Paula. That's ASPCA. We spell that aSPca. slash Paula.
0: On this day in unremarkable history, Jack London said, Brownie, sit. Sit. Brownie, sit. All right, that's it. You're out of the book.
2: And we're back. Thank you, House Band Ryan Gabranetti from right here in California. Hey, uh, Paula, you had to, you want you wanted to tell me something, didn't you?
0: I did want to. You know what? My dog Mo. That noise you heard earlier is most scratching. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with her. For months now, she's uh, chews on her paws and she scratches. And I was told to put like an Elizabethan collar on her head, but I can't. She'll bite me. And so I was wondering, how did they get it on Queen Elizabeth?
2: (laughs) Um, That's a reasonable question, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's named after her, and I'm not
2: quite sure why. Did she used to chew on herself? (laughs) Are you expressing some curiosity about the British royal family? I am. I am. I wondered a lot about the British royal family. I wonder if... Well, by amazing happenstance, Paula, we have an what? expert in that subject right here. No, yes, she is a Pulitzer Prize sharing columnist for the Los Angeles Times, an Emmy winning broadcaster, and has a veggie dog named after her at Pink's. Please welcome Pat Morrison. Yay!
5: Hey, Pat. Hi, Pat. Hi. And I can answer that question with the tune from tuning a ukulele. My queen has fleas. (laughs) What? Is it truly flea related that color? No, but you know, she was really skinny. So I think they just dropped it over her head. Yeah. And so there was,
0: so there was, so there's no biting. That's, that's good. All right. uh, Some people may be surprised. That we're turning to uh, L.A. Times columnist Pat Morrison to learn about the royals. But I happen to know she has a background in
5: royals. Pat, how did you become trained in royals? It was actually because of studying history in college and reading about World War One, which mm-hmm. was referred to as the Cousins War. And I thought, now, we all have cousins that we don't like. Maybe they put too much paprika in the deviled eggs. But you wouldn't go to war with them. So what is it with the first cousins who are the, share the same grandmother, Queen Victoria, who were on opposite sides in World War One? So I started reading, studying and finding out that, you know, they're not just people with a lot of bling and bad mustaches and beards. They're not. No. <laughs> so you learned about them,
0: you know, through reading and, and research. And then was it were there additional steps
5: Oh, sure. I covered them for the L.A. Times and still do cover them for the L.A. Times. I was on the Royal Yacht twice, which was more than Kate Middleton, for goodness sake. (laughs) Oh,
2: wow. Wow.
5: I got covered with spray paint by Prince Andrew on one of his visits to Los Angeles. And I spent an hour in the backseat of a car with Prince Philip. Wow. Why did you get spray painted? He was angry at the tabloid press, but he couldn't tell the difference. And we were in South L.A. at a housing project which the tabloids weren't interested in, he saw a spray paint gun and picked it up and sprayed all of the press with it. Wow. Mm. And it was, as you would expect, white paint. Oh, yes, you would expect that. Now, why are the
0: Americans so interested in the royals? Like, you know, we watch their weddings. You know, they're in our, they're in our magazines
5: and newspapers. Why? You would think that after we chucked them out 250 years ago that we wouldn't care anymore about it. Yeah. You know, that's what the strange thing, it's like they're celebrities with tenure and great jewelry and they can't get kicked out. They may have gotten their heads cut off in the past, but there they are forever and ever. And they just seem so much better in a way than some of our trashy celebrities, except maybe not so much better as we had thought, as we are finding out.
0: Yeah, right. They're a little little tarnished here and there. Um, <laughs> I, here's something. And this is a remarkably ignorant question, but honest as can be. What is their role in England? England has Boris Johnson and a parliament. Why do they still have a queen?
5: Come on. If you had a choice between Boris Johnson and all that blame, would you really pick Boris Johnson or would you put the blame on Boris Johnson?
2: Oh. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Absolutely no, 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 absolutely no No.
5: This all evolved from the system of monarchy, which, you know, six or 800 years ago, this was an absolute power. Your head could get lopped off and that would make it really easy to wear that Elizabethan collar, by the way. (laughs) But as all of this evolved, as parliament became more powerful, the monarchs gave up some power in exchange for being allowed to stay around. And so they still have a very passive role. The way it's been described is to advise to warn and be consulted. So there's a lot of power that they arguably have, but maybe when the time came to exercise it like dissolving parliament, they'd say, ah, no, I don't think you can do that anymore. But there's still, everything in the government is done in the monarch's name, not in the Boris Johnson name. And unlike here, where our president is both head of the government, the executive and head of state, they divide it there. Boris Johnson is head of government, but the queen, the monarch, is head of state. So she gets to do all the banquets and smash the bottles of champagne against the ships, and he just drinks champagne, I guess.
2: But, you know, that's that's interesting because I was once lectured by a tandem, a Canadian and a British person, about how much they liked that system because – we Americans, when you insult the president, you're kind of insulting the country. And they can say anything they want about Boris Johnson or Justin Trudeau because it's the queen that is the country. Is there anything to that? If that's exactly right.
5: If you've ever been to Hawaii and you've been in a canoe with an outrigger, the canoe is Boris Johnson, the outrigger is the queen, which keeps you going on course without capsizing if there's a crazy person with a paddle.
0: Oh, hmm. Jeez, we should have thought of that. Um, Yeah, but you know what? Beyonce seems so busy.
5: You know, and and she has some pretty good bling. So I would like maybe put her mano a mano with the queen with all of this. But the queen, on the other hand, they've had like 500 years to accumulate all their loot. And are they still rich? Oh, yes. They gave up a lot of their... um, ability to avoid taxes just because they were avoided criticism over not paying taxes. And so they are taxed, but they have a lot of what we think of as their personal property is really like government property, like some of the big palaces and stuff like that. You know, the, the queen does not have her name on the deed to Buckingham Palace or Windsor Castle. Um, so, so they have a lot of personal wealth, but a lot of what they use and enjoy is public property even though if you try to go in and knock on the door and walk right in, you're going to get in real trouble.
0: When you say use and enjoy, I don't think of the
5: royalty as enjoying anything, do they? I don't think it's much of a job. I mean, if it were on my list, I'd put it probably just above, you know, the window at McDonald's. Um, On the other hand, you get kind of free housing and some, you know, pretty good perks now and then. Um, And, uh, but in exchange, you've got to say a lot of the same things to the same people over and over again. You've got to look like you're having a good time when you're not having a good time. And that wave, I've tried to master that wave. I got carpal tunnel syndrome after five minutes. It's tough. I was
2: I was taught it was elbow, elbow, wrist, 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 the queen's wave. But is that correct? Correct. And I'm going to put you in the carriage one
5: of these days to, to find out.
2: It, it's painful. It's painful. The elbow part is the worst.
5: Well, at least she has when she's carrying that big circle thing called the orb or the scepter. They've got little brackets inside the carriage that she can rest them on.
3: Oh,
0: Eating
5: a little bit? I don't
0: know. Yeah, that is that is cheating. She did say that the, the crown was really heavy.
5: Yeah, yeah. She I, practiced, when before her coronation, she practiced weeks wearing it. So she might be sitting at the breakfast table wearing it. Or working at her desk, wearing it. And imagine like walking in on somebody who's eating Special K and wearing the (laughs) Imperial State crown. (laughs) Or
0: she may have just had a bite of toast with margarine because that can happen. I've seen that happen. There is
5: that margarine that if you eat it, the crown does appear. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, that can happen. I, I, you know, it's not the imperial state crown, it's St. Edward's crown. But that's one of those things you learn. Like, I can look at some royal bling and identify it usually within about a minute.
2: You wow. cannot. I mm. can't. This mm. is the tiara. Ow.
5: This is where it came from. This is where it was a gift from. You know, the one she wears on the stamps is the King George IV circlet. It was reshaped for Queen Victoria because she had such a small head. Everything else was big, but she had a small head. <laughs> i'm I'm the same with stuff from the
0: gap, but I don't think that's 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 not uh, on this. I think your expertise is outstanding. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. When Queen Elizabeth
5: dies, then then what happens in terms of hierarchy? Then it's always the eldest it used to be only the eldest son and then the eldest son of the eldest son, but now they've changed it, so hereafter it's the eldest child. So if, for example, prince william's son were to have a daughter first she would be next in line but right now it's the son and so prince charles will become king when the queen dies now the queen has lived longer than any british monarch and you know queen victoria's son had to wait until she was like 80 and died before he could become king and he was only about 60 and he once told this minister uh, while i am grateful for my eternal father why must i have an eternal mother (laughs) (laughs)
2: but is there any thought that 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 charles will just say ah chuck it i'm too old hand it over to william
5: no no that man has been waiting in the wings forever and besides remember that what happened in 1936 when king edward viii abdicated it was the most shocking thing and the most damaging thing to the monarchy I'm sorry, Pat. Was that the one that went with the actress or something? No, it wasn't an actress. She was an American who'd been divorced twice. Okay. Yeah. All right. Got it. And so that was shocking. The, the, the American part, not so shocking. But the fact is that he would give up. And that at that point, he was an emperor because they still had the empire. That he would give that up for her almost brought down the monarchy. And so the idea that when... When, queen, when the queen was crowned, she wasn't just crowned. They put holy oil on her forehead and her palms. And this was for life. This is a divine thing, like what's left of the divine right of kings. So abdicating like you're just retiring, you know, from Amtrak, you know, when you hit 65, it doesn't work that way. You don't set aside that kind of, of obligation. And so the family feels wow. that way about the job. So no, you you don't. It's not like checkers. You're not going to jump over somebody else. William is not going to become king right after Queen Elizabeth dies, unless Charles dies first,
2: which is possible he's, at this point.
5: He's seventy something. So yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But seventies, seventies is the new forty. He's he'll be <laughs> fine. I guess. And how old is the queen now? She's been she's been at this queening business longer than most of us get to live.
5: She's uh, ninety five. Jesus. Wow. Now, her husband of 99 years just died, Prince Philip.
0: Right. That part I knew. That's the one thing I knew in the whole story. Um, so, like, I was watching something the other day, and they showed when Trump was, you know, I don't know, had a meeting with the queen, and he, like, was ro- walking in the wrong place and cut her off and it was very rude. Uh, um But those rules about how you behave around the Queen, I mean, we don't really have that for all the presidents that go to the G7, for example. Um, Well, except for you're not supposed to push them out of the way like Trump did that time. How do they learn that? Say, uh, if I'm elected president, and I'm not saying I'm going to be, okay? I'm just saying, if I am.
2: 50% chance, easy, right?
0: Okay. You know, people say all the time I'm too negative. So if I'm elected president. um, When?
5: Yeah, right. Right. OK. Yeah. You, you got to think the thought.
2: You got to think. So the So I'm
5: donating to your pack as soon as we're done talking. <laughs> Yo, t- uh, thank you. How
0: will I learn how to behave around the queen? Who teaches that?
5: There is etiquette and there is the White House chief of protocol who will tell you, like, don't slap her on the back. And when you meet the queen, which I have, there are rules like, you know, you don't speak first. The monarch will address you. Um you know that you that you don't um like slap her on the back or anything like that and uh the first time you meet her you say your majesty and then thereafter you say not mom but ma'am like ham so when i so when i watch the crown i say oh yeah okay they got that part right oh i've never seen it Um, okay wait pat why did you meet her Uh, Because she was here in California and I was covering her visit here. And that was the first of the two occasions I got to go on the Royal yacht. And that is some boat, baby. (laughs) And how long ago (laughs) was that? um... 30 some years, I guess.
2: Wow. Apparently she she was merely old back then.
5: She was merely old, but what I could hardly take my eyes off of. And here's where I identified it immediately. She was wearing the sapphire and diamond brooch that Prince Albert gave to Queen Victoria as a wedding present.
3: Wow. Wow. It
5: was as big as a Reese's peanut butter cup. And I'm not talking about the little ones that you get at Halloween either.
3: No, the real <laughs> ones.
5: No. But see, you got to, it's like, you know, tumors are the size of citrus fruit. You got to do jewelry according to like candy size. Is it a Skittle size? It is a Reese's <laughs> peanut butter cup. People know what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That, that's it, yeah,
5: <laughs> I could picture it right away.
2: Well, let me just say that um, Honor de Balzac once wrote, When religion and royalty are swept away, the people will attack the great. And after the great, they will fall upon the rich. And then they'll come for the people with funny names like Balzac. (laughs) We'll defend the throne some more when we come back. The Cat of the Week is Loki from Iron Station, North Carolina. We're back with Pat Morrison. Talking about the Royals. Talking about that, the Royals. <laughs>
0: it, you know, that's why I wanted to have you on, because I am so not an expert on any of this. Um, I, But I watch a little bit. It seems, though, like a system that just makes a weird family that has no practice in real life. In fact, it seems a little cruel, like raising exotic big animals in an apartment. I mean, if you're Prince Harry or Prince William, uh, do you, you know, would you come home and say, hey, you know, I'm going to go over to Scott's house and then, you know, next week, Scott's going to come to the
5: palace. <laughs> uh, do they do that? I'm sure they do. They have their friends and they have their private lives, but they've gotten less private since, you know, maybe 40 years ago in the Murdoch press, which ended the kind of gentleman's agreement among the British press that the royals would go out and they'd be seen. They have to be like the tree falling in the forest. If you're not there to hear them, then the tree didn't fall. If you're not there to see the royals, what's the point of their being there? But the Murdoch press started, you know, listening to voicemails and looking into private lives. And as a result, that kind of distance and respect that used to go with the monarchy and allowed them to have private lives isn't there anymore. Now, over like 200 years, you have had gay princes and princesses. You have had princesses who had illegitimate children. You've had drug using princes. You've had all kinds of crazy stuff going on like any family has problems, but it hasn't been public because they still did their job You know, it's like recovering from the hangover. You get out, go to work the next day and you perform just fine. But with all this intrusion, it only looks like this family is crazy in these recent generations. When, in fact, they've been kind of, you know, beyond normal in many cases, like most of the rest of us.
2: Well, it's getting so that you can't you can't go to a party dressed as a Nazi anymore without people raising a ruckus about it.
5: (laughs) So unfair. It totally is. And, you know, there were in the 1930s Nazi apologists in the royal family and the British aristocracy,
2: too. Oh, but now that you've raised the press, let's let's bring uh, uh, Harry and and Meghan into it and all that. Has life become so intolerable that royals are just going to start leaving the family or were there other reasons for for Harry to, to take off and set up a brand in America?
5: Well, you look at Harry talking about the intrusion of the press and how it, to his way of thinking, killed his mother, Diana, the Princess of Wales. And he didn't want a 2.0 of that for his own family. And so here's his wife, an actress and a celebrity who thought she knew what she was getting into. But there is no scrutiny in the world like the scrutiny of the British royal family, because unlike a lot of public figures here who can be public because they're in movies or they do videos, the British royal family has to be out there and has to be seen in order to be effective. And just the scrutiny and how intense it was and how ugly the racist comments in Britain were about her was ample reason enough for him to say, no, we're going to pull the plug.
2: But he was never going to be king anyway, right?
5: He was never going to be king because every time William and Kate had another kid, it bumped him farther down the succession. Do you think William and Kate, because they just keep popping them out. Do you think it was just to rub Harry's face in it? No, I think it's not only the need for an heir and a spare, a term, by the way, coined by an American. (laughs) But, you know, now you've got three kids. That's a nice size family. And so Harry and Meghan would be doing peripheral responsibilities. Harry could have stayed in the military with military obligations. But here we go. Cutting ribbons, opening um, care centers, doing a lot of good. I cannot tell you how much leverage in terms of charity and, and good deeds the British royal family has. And it would be a difficult trade-off to give up that or to give up even part of that to go into life as private citizens as they are doing now. huh
0: Yeah. yeah. I think um, you know with so many Disney movies about princesses, you would think that Harry's wife would have known exactly what it
5: would be like, oh yeah. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Wait, here's an important question. Uh, one time I did the tourist thing where you watched the changing of the guard. Um, if someone attacked the castle, would the Queen's guard be the ones who protect her? The, the guy with the, with the big fuzzy
5: hats? <laughs> yeah, they're, the the household regiments, they change those guards. And, you know, who knows what's in those fuzzy hats? Maybe there's like M-16s or grenades or... I was going to say I would think the fuzzy hats would get in the way. Well, if you take that fuzzy hat off and search inside, you may find a sandwich, (laughs) some big ass gun. But you remember years ago, some guy actually broke into the palace, got past security and ended up sitting on the queen's bed while she was sound asleep. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When was that? This was like in the 70s or 80s, and there was a big scandal because her, her alarm wasn't working and the security wasn't showing up. And uh, and so you talk about heads were rolling. That time, metaphorically at least, they
2: did. You know, on that, like people sitting on the queen's bed and stuff, that is, that's a thing, isn't it? I, I, mean, I, I mean, it's not as gaudy as you might think inside those palaces. It's not like Trump's place, right?
5: We we would call it shabby chic here. It's a kind of a thing to be, well, you don't want to show off your money because it's very bad taste to be flashy. And at the same time, if people know you have money, they're probably going to get a little jealous, a little resentful, a little envious, and then you have the French Revolution on your hands.
3: Oh,
2: and all of a sudden, you have too many French people in Britain.
0: In my own life, I've played this really well uh, because uh, – People think I have no
2: money. You don't show off your wealth your vast wealth <laughs> no, at all, Paula. No. no. You live very people come, modestly.
0: People come to my house and they're like, I I I thought for sure she had money.
5: I thought for sure. I think and I hope people don't take this the wrong way, but I think <laughs> you really need Paula to protect your um, old navy wardrobe because that is <laughs> Smithsonian quality stuff.
2: It really is. Yeah. It's not like it's not like any of that new Navy stuff. Yeah, ah, gauche, absolutely gauche. Um, But you know what? As long as we brought up Trump, uh, you know, there were a lot of people speculating about uh, how Queen Elizabeth felt about the way Paula was referring to the way that Trump treated her. But she (laughs) never really got did he did she like him? (laughs) Yes, that's my question. And can she say?
5: She can't say. She can't even say what she thinks of British politics. She especially can't say what she thinks of British politics because they're supposed to be above that. They're not supposed to indicate favorites one way or another. The monarch chooses the prime minister, but only after the election is over. And so it's like no choice at all. I mean, you really can't say, nah, Boris Johnson, I want that other person in here kissing my hand every Tuesday. Um, so so the queen can't, can't tip her hand on British politics. And she's not supposed to when she meets with foreign leaders either. However, you look for little things like how big was her smile with Trump versus Obama? She enjoyed herself with the Obamas. The queen also loves the Commonwealth. It's the end, it's the last bit of empire. She loves the Commonwealth ministers. She loves the fact that this is a global reach to the British brand and and kind of the British spirit. And so when she's meeting with the Commonwealth leaders, it's clear she's having a good time. But Trump, uh, you sort of saw gritted teeth rather than smiles
2: so your every move is scrutinized, and you can never state your opinion ever what's not to love about that job
5: exactly. <laughs> I mean you're off the hook, right uh no
0: you you know what i I think you're wrong. I think sometimes she'll throw like a kind of a gang sign with her fingers. You just have to know what you're looking for I, I, <laughs> she's
2: <laughs> that's right, Pat, you're too busy looking at the rings on the fingers, yeah, yeah, right,
0: yeah, but there's a th- yeah, there's a thing. You know, the, those the of queen. us who are wise
5: to the streets can read it. That three finger middle thing, it's the Windsor's. That's a W. I'm looking at yeah. it now and thinking, You're right, Paula. How did I miss it?
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Throwing
0: the the uh, uh the
2: M triple B. Well, Pat, that was amazing. And now we're gonna take all of this newly garnered royal information and run it through the old pounce donator. Paula?
0: That was wonderful, Pat. Thank you. And you know what's also wonderful? House band Ryan Gabronetti and his external organ. Thank you, Ryan. If I could get a little background music, I'll tell you what the old Poundstonator spit out. Your Majesty, presenting American comedian Paula Poundstone. (laughs) Hey, Your Majesty, how are you? (laughs) Miss Poundstone, you may not speak to the Queen until Her Majesty has addressed you. I hear you're a fine comedian. I also have a podcast. It's called Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. I was wondering, Miss Poundstone, you may not ask the Queen to do your podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the language barrier in america will you be on my podcast is how we say hello but hey look if asking the queen to do my podcast is considered rude of course i won't ask you could subscribe though or review it on apple podcasts miss poundstone you may not slap the queen on the back I'm sorry. I remember you crushed your vertebrae with the crown over breakfast when you were practicing as a teenager or something like that. Anyway, can't touch the queen, not even to give her an girl. Do you ever feel like Charles is looking at you funny? I mean, my son asked me what he got when I died when he was 10, and he doesn't even get anything. I told him debt, and I want you to have it. Miss Poundstone the queen is not amused. Forgive me, I, I talk a lot when I get nervous, and I am nervous. I'm talking to the fucking queen. When you warmly press a pound into a grandchild's palm, you're on it. I had a great uncle Leslie, who used to give my brother and sisters and I each a 50 cent piece when we visited him, but it didn't have his picture on it. I don't know how anybody could be a queen. You must get PTSD when you lose a game of chess. Even if you win, you must be hoarse from yelling, "Seize him! Seize him!" Miss Poundstone, the Queen desires you to leave, as she has another appointment. <laughs> 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 Pat, if I can give you an encomium, I knew this was going to be wonderful, and it really was. Thank you so so much. Yeah,
2: I have to agree. She's a writer and a columnist at the Los Angeles Times, and you should try that vegan hot dog. Thank you so much, Pat Morrison. Everybody,
5: yay! Thanks, Pat. Thank you, my good people.
2: (laughs) All hail! All hail! Coming up, is that a kielbasa in your pocket or is that how your trousers usually smell? It's True Confessions Fashion Edition when we come back. Fun fact French poodles are actually German, which is why, even at the shelter, they're the ones who demand to see your papers. Right. And we are back. And once again, a giant thank you to our house band, Ryan Gabronetti on the organ. Nice um, job, Ryan. Yeah, really loved it. And Paula, I'm really excited because we innovate, you know, so much over here at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. And one of our best uh, innovations, I think, has been our true confessions.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. People. <laughs> People see me in traffic and they shout out their confessions sometimes, and I go, "No, yeah. just email it, email it." To
2: nobody listens to Paul Poundstone. We are America's confessors now, and I, and I say that because we've done this like what once or twice, but now we're doing it yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, and with with a new edition, it's True Confessions Fashion Edition. Oh.
4: What are you wearing? Oh, what are you wearing? Ah, what are you wearing? Oh, today? Wow.
2: Well, that is a, uh, that's another unasked for, unsolicited theme song from Bonnie
0: Burns. That, oh my gosh. That's unbelievable.
2: That was really special.
0: I thought I did pretty well. I thought, I thought it, was it was fantastic. fantastic.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Great stuff.
0: Uh, thank you, Bonnie Burns. Captain Crinkle. Uh,
2: all right, now we were only slightly derailed. Let's move forward. Hey, Paula, why don't you kick us off? Do you have any true fashion confessions?
0: Uh, okay, it's, this is not exactly fashion. Okay, it is wardrobe. Okay. So I drove up to a protest in Portland, uh, I don't know, a long time ago. And uh, somebody told me, because this is in the midst of COVID, so somebody told me that you wouldn't be able to use the bathrooms at the 7 at the gas stations on the way because they were shut down because of COVID. And so I was determined to go uh, join in the protests. This was when they were – the feds were arresting people in the unmarked vans. Ooh, and uh, yes, it made yes. me so angry that I'm like, no, I'm going. And so I bought Depends. So oh. – yeah, so i that's how I got, you know, I'm like, if there's no bathrooms, fine, I won't use a bathroom, I'll just drive up to Portland. So uh, <laughs> I end up sleeping the first night uh, in a parking lot, and I wake up in the morning, and now I've got like a gallon of beverage in me, and um, I start to drive, and I'm like, okay, you know what, I've got to find someplace where maybe I can I can pull over, you know, because Now what I've realized is, remember those commercials for, like, uh, diapers where they have a little bit of blue liquid in a cup and they pour it and it shows how it absorbs?
2: Did you pee blue, Paula Poundstone? I didn't pee blue, (laughs) but this is
0: what occurred to me that morning when I realized, oh, my gosh, I've easily got a gallon of beverage in me. That if it was just a little cup, I've seen the commercials, how absorbent it is, but it's not a little cup. It's a gallon. So no matter what I do... This diaper isn't going to hold. And so I pulled over to a place and I thought, okay, I'll go in. I'll go in and ask if they have a bathroom. And then I realized I'm not going to make it that far. I'm going to have to ask for a mop when I get in there. (laughs) And uh, so instead I went down the side of a hill. And I don't know if anybody uh, in Oregon saw the reports about the – What's that called when water rushes the mudslides? Um, but that was, caused, that was caused by me. Uh, okay, so it's not exactly fashion, but it was. Like, I had seen the advertisement. I thought, this will work. It uh, was a confession. Yeah, it was definitely a confession.
2: <laughs> I think it counts. And, and, um, and it
0: turned out, by the way, that the bathrooms on the side of the road did let you use them. So it was not necessary. But It was uh, not
2: necessary to bring down the, the mountainside.
0: And a darn shame for those people living there. But you yeah, know what? And, and
2: the houses that were destroyed in that terrible mudslide. <laughs> and
0: um, it's not that I don't feel bad about that. I do.
2: No, well, yeah, I'm glad that you expressed remorse. Hey, Bonnie Burns, yeah. do you have a, uh, a true fashion confession? I do. It's it's
4: pretty sad. Uh oh. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe you should have chosen something different for a comedy podcast. But you do you, Bonnie Burns.
4: Okay, so uh, when I was growing up in
0: Seattle, there was. Stop it! I'm crying already. (laughs) Stop it. Uh,
4: (laughs)
3: Seattle.
0: Oh my God, that's sad.
3: (laughs) Okay, Okay, go ahead. So
4: I got confirmed in ninth grade, and there was a the confirmation dance was at the Glendale Country Club, and there were wait a a minute confirmed. Yeah, whatever. My parents made me do that. What and, is it? Something in the Jewish religion. Oh, Park, I, didn't, I don't even remember it. I anyway, thought that was uh, Catholic. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Go
2: ahead. Yeah, we, we Jews never do that. I don't know what your parents were thinking about.
4: I, whatever. It was like my <laughs> first formal dance, and I was in the ninth grade. So most of the Jewish people in Seattle that were like Reformed Jews, which we were, they lived on the east side which was like the really rich side of town. We lived like on the normal side which was like the foot of Capitol Hill. So to go to this dance my mom is like so excited the Glendale Country Club blah 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 blah. So we go buy me like this formal dress. It was like strapless blue sequins and it had a baby blue chiffon Skirt, okay and we go to like an expensive department store to get it but we buy it in the bargain basement okay it's on sale now my mom says here's what'll be great and she gets talks me into a baby blue tiara and I'm already a tiara sens- yes. oh my god <laughs> I'm already sensing like you know what this is already like too blue and then that was when they used to wear the gloves like up to your elbow mm. and she says, those have to be blue too. So now I have the powder blue gloves and the baby blue tiara. And now she says, You got to get the hose. We get dyed blue shoes to match the gown. So now I have those, and she goes, Your hose have to be the same color. And I really, every instinct is this is way too blue to be right. And she's like, no, you're going to look fabulous. Blah, 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 blah. blah." Now I have baby blue eyeshadow. The whole thing's blue. And I go to my girlfriend's house who lived on the east side and her parents see me. And I could just tell by the reaction, because the parents were going to drive us to the dance, that this is already wrong. And I get to the- They wouldn't let you in the car? Was that how you knew? Just tell how when they look at you kind of funny, that it was not right. And you know, my friend had on like, <laughs> my friend had on like some regular dress, and then like you know, flats that were black or something. And I'm in like the dyed satin matcher dress, high heels. And
2: uh, your I'm, mom dressed you for a prom in 1952.
4: <laughs> so now I go to like the Glendale Country Club, and uh, there's all these normal-looking kids there, and I. I knew I was like the blue chicken that I I was so wrong <laughs> that I just went in the ladies room and stayed in there the <laughs> entire dance until it was time to go home.
2: Oh, that's so sad. Until sad. Until
0: the band played the blue chicken dance, and then she came out.
3: Here's
2: Bonnie Birds.
3: Oh, gosh.
2: Wow, that's fantastic, Bonnie. Um, my but story fails you know in comparison.
0: Yeah, well. that's But you know, Bonnie, that's part of what's made you, you. I was going to say that. I said it. Okay.
2: <laughs> well, you don't get to say it now, Bonnie. <laughs> but Paula owns that statement about you now. Um, mm-hmm. here, Here's mine. Okay. I used to, and it's more of an accusation than a confession. I used to wear a lot of really, really ridiculous outfits. Uh, just for fun, I would look as ridiculous as possible. I think in college, my uh, most common party outfit was, you know those Rocky shorts, the Everlast red satin shorts? Yeah. I would wear those and a, a marching band jacket over them and nothing else to a party. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was that guy. You know, even in a comedy scene, I was the guy who had, like, wear, you know, incredibly brightly colored crushed velvet pants for no reason
4: out of your mind.
2: I kind of like <laughs> no. that. Yeah, no, it was just what I did. I just thought it was really fun to be funny and, and wear ridiculous clothes. Now, I didn't let go of it probably as soon as I should have. I held on to it through my 20s. And uh, there was one particular shirt I wore that I loved. It was like a white pirate shirt. You know, it had laces up the front and it was poofy. And you had to, the, the sleeves weren't regular sleeves, they had to be tied. I'd love like, not even that. Bu- I was giant and poofy and piratey and wonderful. And I wore it a lot, I think occasionally with those crushed velvet pants. And uh, Jeannie, my wife, uh, then girlfriend, hated that shirt.
0: She's was ne- like, you know what? I love Jeannie, but she has never let you swashbuckle.
2: <laughs> she never <laughs> let me buckle a swash. In fact, and here's the, and Paula, I know you're familiar with that movie, A Christmas Story. Love it. Uh, yeah. And this is essentially my version of the, uh, the leg lamp in the window, yeah, yeah, because uh, you know, there were several nights where we were going to a party, and Jeannie would be like, Are you sure you want to wear that pirate shirt? And I'd be like, Of course, hey, we're going to a party, aren't we? It's a prestigious there award, was, it was a major award, it's a major award, and oh, then there was it one was, a major day, award. yeah, and I think it was in like 1998 or 1999 or something, where um, I looked into my closet, and I guess Jeannie had done a laundry and accidentally washed my pirate shirt in hot water with something bright red. <laughs> oh so now is a pink it was pirate shirt. Pink and kind of looking tie-dyed and just inescapably ruined. Uh, uh, there. There is my true fashion accusation.
0: <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. What you can't you can't plunder with a shirt that's pink and blotchy. <laughs> nah no, yeah I would have
2: been I would have been like the tie-dyed blotchy pirate. It just yeah. wasn't the same. Yeah. No. She
0: did it on purpose. I mean, I've always thought she was trustworthy, but you hear a story like that and you realize. And then
2: you, you, then you realize you don't really know everybody.
0: Yeah. A couple, um, times, couple times I've been to your house and Jeannie said, oh, Paula, do you want me to wash those pants? And I know now, just say no.
2: No, no, you definitely don't want her because she hates those pants, Paula.
0: Yeah. I always wear the same pants, so, yeah. Um, wow. These are These are confessions. These are major confessions
2: that we've made. Well, speaking of confessions, let's bring Tyler Burke up to the mic to uh, let us know some of our, you know, because we reached out to our Facebook fans, to our fans on Facebook, the nobodies, and said, what are your confessions? What are your true fashion confessions? And Tyler, uh,
0: Tyler before you read them, uh, Bonnie, will you just reprise your theme song? What are you wearing? Oh! What are you wearing? <laughs> what are you wearing
4: today? No. <laughs> All
2: right, Tyler, step on up to
1: the mic. Yeah, so we got, we got tons of responses from our question asking for uh, embarrassing wardrobe moments. And Shannon Terror writes, Yep, once wore a new T-shirt with a prominent L sticker positioned directly over the left breast. Didn't notice for a while, but the people in Starbucks did. I thought about getting an R for the other one. That's great.
0: It's also helpful when you're when you're giving instructions to someone about your breasts.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, turn (laughs) turn right at the left breast. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Paula, though, didn't Laverne wear an L on her left breast, or was that on her right breast?
0: Was it on? Was it on her sweater the L, or was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it never occurred
2: to me that it meant left. I always thought it meant Laverne.
0: No, but she was <laughs> giving guidance to uh, to uh, Lenny and Squiggy.
2: <laughs> you know what? Much like your "Who will buy" thing, if there are any listeners out there, and I know uh, um, you know a lot of women have uh, nicknames for their breasts. If any of you have oh, nicknamed your that. breasts Re- Laverne and Shirley, <laughs> <laughs> please write in and let us know. <laughs> And Paula, I bet you there are two listeners who have that big <laughs> I'll bet you a pound of worms. <laughs>
0: oh, is this how you think you're going to cancel out your worm yeah. responsibility? Yeah, do we have a bet? Do we uh-huh. have I a bet? Uh-huh. So you're, fi- yeah. you're finding an equal and opposite. Uh, uh, I see. Yeah. Um, I don't think there are any, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone listeners that have ever nicknamed their breasts Laverne and Shirley.
2: Okay, the gauntlet is thrown (laughs) down. If you're a (laughs) Nobody out there and you've ever referred to your breasts as as Laverne and Shirley, uh, please write in. I'm sure that's going (laughs) to happen. (laughs) I'm your mate. I think that counts. Get another
0: mate. I say, break up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) There there is one uh, listener, a nobody, uh, that's overcome some challenges uh, and she nicknamed her breasts my three sons
3: <laughs> wow
0: yeah um... every time she comes in the room uh they go na 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 na
2: na 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 we're going to get 10 just like we did with the no. Oliver's. all <laughs> right Tyler,
1: what, what's next sure uh we got we got a, a message from maria guarino uh maria wrote the day i got a tattoo i was wearing a dress I had to hike it up because I was getting it on my hip. The guy doing the tattoo asked if I was uncomfortable. I assumed he meant the pain from the gun. Turns out my thong was on sideways and the crotch part was on my hip. Somehow I managed to put them on sideways and never noticed. Sadly, since that day, I have managed to do that more than once.
2: Wow. Sideways. So, wait, so her thong was on sideways. And the crotch part was on her
1: hip.
0: Huh. So does that mean that her whole waist, or hip to hip anyways, was in a leg hole? Sounds like it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, maybe it was just, maybe she was just using that pain to... Yeah. Yeah. Distract her from the (laughs) searing pain of. I I, I hate I hate tattoos, Um, but but I'm happy for her. I I I don't,
2: (laughs) and I think that story was fantastic, Maria. Thank you Uh, for sharing. It's
0: a hard visual. It's a hard visual. Well, you know what? You know what? She was getting a tattoo of. What? Um, The words "My underwear is on wrong."
2: Oh. Well, then, then the guy shouldn't have even asked the question.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. My my hips are in the leg hole. That that's uh, that's what a, she. Had. It was a
2: Chinese character that means hips in the leg hole.
0: Yeah, but that was on the other side. So one side right. was on, my underwear's on wrong. On the other side, my hips are in the leg hole, um, which sounds like a great. Like Credence Clearwater song. <laughs> Found my hips in a leg hole, <laughs> looking for the man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crotch on my hip. That's Proud Mary, by the way. And that was it not Credence Clearwater. Uh, That's
2: true. Wasn't, wasn't it? Optim. Yeah. I think, I thought it was. I thought John Fogarty wrote that and then Tina Turner f- uh, famously covered it. Oh, perhaps. I could have been entirely wrong. I could be entirely wrong. Bonnie no, has no, Googled it at this point.
0: All right, I will. Where's Tony when we
4: need
3: it?
0: <laughs> Oh, no, you're not Googling, are you?
1: All right.
4: You kids keep going.
3: <laughs>
1: All right, Tyler, step All right, on up. Powder Blue Mama. Sure. Uh Kate Scales writes, When I was in middle school, I had a witch's hat that I liked so much that I wore it not just on Halloween, but for Christmas. I would cover it with green fabric and put Christmas ornaments on it and wear it all day at my middle school, and I didn't have the good sense to be embarrassed about it until much later.
0: You know what, Kate? I just want to say, I think that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the idea of the green fabric and the ornaments. I mean, maybe I'm just saying that to defend myself, but I wore <laughs> I wore one of those.
2: You it's, have a lot of witches hats.
0: I do. I have a lot of witches hats and I wear a lot of Christmas outfits. Um no, actually and I ornaments. Think, I think that sounds like fun. yeah, yeah. I it's where a lot of my ornaments have gone. Remember my snowman that melted on the light bulb?
2: Oh yeah, I just remember so many great Christmas eves having you over and we all gathered around and put ornaments on Paula Poundstone. It's like a family <laughs> tradition. <laughs> a it's a beautiful beautiful, beautiful tradition. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and they, and you never, you never even flinched when those little hooks would go into you.
0: No, it didn't bother me. And then, and then they would put me on a hook, uh, just on the mantle there at the. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe that wasn't a Christmas celebration. Wait a minute.
3: <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> no, Kate, I don't know why you would be embarrassed about it. I, I think it sounds very creative and very festive. Bonnie, where are we with Proud
4: Mary? Well, Adam's right. John Fogarty. Creedence Clearwater.
2: You sound so sad about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Boy, she does not like for you to be right. (laughs) Wow. Yeah.
4: But they say that the Tina Turner version amped it up by 10.
2: Yeah, it was a big hit. By
0: 10?
4: You know what it says? By 10?
0: Yeah. If you ask the guy from Spinal Tap, he says it's by 11.
2: That's right.
0: Up the intensity of
4: Fogarty's country rock anthem by a factor of 10. You know how I don't get every detail exactly right? <laughs> I've noticed that. I didn't know you knew. I have, too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I had no idea
0: you were aware of it.
4: <laughs> I kind of scan. Were the you expecting
2: everybody to go, no, Bonnie? <laughs>
4: I got are, some of the... are like the farmer's almanac. I got the almanac.
0: overview. I got yeah. the overview. She probably Absolutely. was hoping that we would clutch our pearls and say, how can you say that? And yet we were both <laughs> like, yeah, you do that all the time. Yeah.
4: I said yeah. up by 10. I think I yeah. got intensity in there.
0: No, you didn't.
2: Um, all right, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler. Tyler, one more. Bring us home.
1: Lori <laughs> uh, Robot writes... While a college student living in Boston, I was walking home with a bag of groceries in each arm when I felt my panties slowly sliding down my legs under my skirt. Of course, there was a trolley broken down next to where I was walking, as well as old men sitting on the stoops of the brownstones I was passing. I didn't want to draw more attention by putting down my groceries while yanking up my panties, so I did a weird waddle to my apartment. I'm sure that made me look even stranger.
0: You know what we're finding here? There's a lot of women that don't know how to put their underwear on.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) You know, it makes me think, Paula, maybe you have a talent.
0: Yeah. Well, I wear a a thick, cottony, high-waisted brief.
2: Right. Um, But you've never had any trouble putting it on, right?
0: Oh, none. None whatsoever. Uh, uh, So, yeah. I'm thinking maybe... uh, Uh, Maybe a TED Talk. Maybe I could do a TED Talk. (laughs) Where I just explain to people how to get their underwear on securely. Oh, yes. Uh, So, yeah. All right. So look forward, listeners. First of all, thank you so much, Nobodies, for these True Confessions uh, Fashion Edition. But also look forward to my TED Talk I'm putting on your underwear.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And that has been True Confessions Fashion Edition.
0: If you don't know how to put on your underwear, don't go outside.
2: <laughs>
0: on the cusp.
2: <laughs> there you go. That is that you, that is Bond. Well, that was fun. Hey, nobody's, if you have questions or comments or you just want to find out where our book club has gone, send that stuff to nobody listens to PaulaPoundstone at gmail.com. And Paula, this is the moment when I ask you. What's going on in the Poundstone product empire this week?
0: And Adam, this is the moment when I answer you. At Poundstone (laughs) Industries, also known as Lipstick Nancy Incorporated, we follow the rules and do our share. No,
1: you can't pay for my grandchildren's private school. I don't have any grandchildren.
0: Just pay me my salary. It feels good to be a good business. Speaking of feeling good, Kirkus Reviews says my book, The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness, is a pure romp, a deeply revealing memoir in which the pathos doesn't kill the humor, delivers more than it promises. If your bookstore doesn't have it, you can get it at the store at PaulaPoundstone.com. You can also find Poundstone Pussy Pillows at the store at PaulaPoundstone.com. They are handmade four-and-a-half-inch by five-inch catnip-filled pillows with a grommet for tying a string. There's a cat choke on one side, and on the other side, I will autograph it to your cat. And what cat doesn't collect autographs? Oh, by the way, on Saturday, August 14th, I'll be in Bayfield, Wisconsin, at the Big Top chautauqua and on friday september 10th i'll be in munhall pennsylvania at carnegie of homestead music hall tell them my little jokes oh i'm sorry adam of course there's more but (laughs) heidi
2: yeah absolutely and i I just want to remind everybody that on november 16th but you can pre-order it now my new book Confessions of a Puppet Master, which I wrote with Charles Band about the incredibly weird life of Charles Band, will be coming out. So go to Amazon or wherever you buy your books and pre-order it now. I'll just throw out a couple of fun facts from the book. Um, Let's start with his early life. He claimed that his dad had been personally moved to America by FDR And that his first babysitter was Marilyn Monroe, and it turns out those things are true. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, and there's way more. I'll be teasing you with little nuggets like that all the way to release day. All right, (laughs) subscribe to this podcast, everybody. It's free. You'll get it every week at no charge. And while you're there, why not review our show on Apple Podcasts? If there's a subject or topic you'd like to know more about, tell us. Once again, that address is nobodylistenstoballofhoundstone at gmail.com.
0: And why not review us on Apple Podcasts? (laughs) It's a good thing to do. If you want help composing the review, please write to us.
2: <laughs> at Nobody <laughs> Listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com and then leave a review. That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Lee Felber. Special thanks to our guest, Pat Morrison. Yay. Yay. We love her. Yay. Thanks to our house band, Ryan Gabranetti. Yay! Yay. Great. Check out his band, Reflective Detectives, anywhere music is sold. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lizabnik, Tony Nita Hall, and Tyler Burke. Intern is Carly Patrone. Starburns <laughs> production by Lan Romo and Kyle McGraw. Yay! Transcription services for the show provided by TranscribeMe, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service.
0: That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me?
2: Hey, do you see what she's wearing? Oh
0: my God. <laughs> it's it's like, like
2: so blue. It's like, how much more blue could you get?
0: I bet your underwear is blue, and I'll bet it's not even on right.
2: <laughs> right? Is that blue eyeshadow?
0: Oh my gosh. Whose kid is she? i better bet her mother talked her into the whole blue thing.
2: <laughs> I bet so. I mean, like, I wouldn't wear blue elbow-length gloves ever.
0: You know why? Because this why? year is yellow. Everybody I know, but that. she's,
2: like, totally blue. Yeah,
0: you're supposed to use yellow elbow-length gloves, yellow pantyhose, yellow Like your skirt. yellow elbow length and
2: they look great. Oh, thank you.
0: Yellow is so in, blue is so
2: out. Oh my God, if I were her, I'd go hide in the... Ba- oh, it's like I predicted it. There she goes.
0: Oh my God, she's gonna be in there all night. <laughs> I'm gonna knock on the cubicle door. Come out! Come out! Blue girl, come on out of there. Hello, everyone's, everyone's already seen you in
2: all blue. Blue girl Blue girl Like come out
0: Blue girl Gainsborough's here he wants to paint you (laughs)
3: a
1: (laughs) podcast (laughs) a podcast network.